1: Good morning, my name is Dana Buntrock. As Kristen said, it's Pentecost. The first time Japanese, er, Leroy and I were in a Japanese church was on Pentecost in 1987, and we prayed jokingly to understand the words around us. And all I can say is, don't joke with God. <laughs> when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place and suddenly from heaven there came a great sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and the tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them the ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at the sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native tongue of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all those who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, and (laughs) Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya belonging to Crete, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytites. Cretans and Arabs, in our own language, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea, and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only 9 o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, and signs on the earth below blood and fire and smoky mist the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the lord's great and glorious day then everyone who calls on the name of the lord shall be saved the word of the lord
0: pray with me, please, the words of preparation, which are printed in your bulletin. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Well, how's everyone doing? Well, I, so truth be told, I'm a bit weary. I want to thank you for your prayers and your messages of care as I return this week uh, to spend two very holy days with my father as in, in what looks like are his very last days. Thank you. And the truth is also that at this time of the year, in late May, I'm almost always a bit weary. Most of my life I've been connected to an academic calendar, whether as a student myself or then as a a campus minister and then as a parent. And late May and early June are full of so many finishings and endings and celebrations and transitions. They're wonderful. And at the same time, they can be exhausting. And so you are in my prayers as you finish final chapters and reach milestones and deal with various kinds of transitions, including the transition that we are in as a congregation. One of the special things about Epworth is that this is a congregation with so many educators and students who are are part of us. And so I wanna say a special word of encouragement to all of our students and teachers, summer is close. You can do it. You can do it. I know Berkeley High ends this week, and other uh, endings are imminent. And so, it, it you can see, you can see there is a light, and it's not a train. There's a light at the end of this tunnel, and it is uh, it is summer, and it is a beautiful uh, ending. I, I heard a story the other day about a, a teacher, also weary from you know the the school year now coming to a close, and and she said. I've been called a lot of things in my career as a teacher. I've, I've been called mom, later I, I began to be called grandma. Some other things I've been called weren't so nice. And then she said, but this week was the first time I've ever been called Alexa. <laughs> so Alexa is that artificial intelligence Voice, you know, that comes out of the device we plug into our walls, some of us. uh, And she has a lot of answers. She can tell us the time. She can tell us the weather. She might be able to tell us the definition of the word boo which if you, you read the article in the New York Times this week about the new Oxford African American English Dictionary, this is, boo is one of the 10 first words to be in that, in that dictionary. So if Alexa is on her game, and she usually can pull from publications, she'll tell us that the word boo, as the New York Times tells us, means lover or partner. But any teenager... And we've got many here this morning can tell you that that does not catch the nuance of the word boo, and the context for that word is everything. So Alexa knows some things, but she's not a teacher. She's not a teacher. A real teacher can translate even the most incomprehensible concepts to make them intelligible, opening up new worlds of meaning, giving both nuance context. A real teacher can see when we're hurting and intuit when we might need a hug. A real teacher can read a situation. A real teacher can show regard and care. A real teacher is present in a way that Alexa can never be. So how is all of this possible? What's the key difference? Well, our scripture today as you heard Dana read comes from the book of Acts and it describes the scene that is commonly understood as the birthday of the church as the scene opens a group of people we think it was around 120 people including the disciples are gathered together in one place for the feast of Pentecost and just 10 days before this scene Though Jesus has continued to show up to the disciples and others since the day of his resurrection, just 10 days before this scene, he has ascended before their eyes up into the heavens. We talked about this last week. He's no longer with them in body. And the fact that they're all still gathered in one room, away from crowds, almost cloistered, suggests to us that they're still wondering how they're going to possibly carry on his mission without him. But he's told them something is coming, a force of power and presence that will inspire and intercede and advocate for them. A power that will make plain what is unintelligible. A power that will teach them in ways and be with them always in new ways. And so they're gathered together and all of a sudden there's something new present We hear that there's a rushing of wind, so maybe the sounds that we've been hearing throughout today's service are are similar to what they heard on that day. Maybe they were louder. Maybe they were softer. But the sound of wind from the heaven fills the whole place, and tongues of fire come to rest on each one of them. And the power that Jesus told them would be coming is made manifest. The Holy Spirit fills them and in them is a new presence of fullness. The many different languages that they've been speaking that had henceforth been unintelligible become clear and they understand each other across differences of language and culture and all barriers preventing them from connecting are blown away. This was the day of Pentecost. And and because we often call it the birthday of the church, sometimes we might think that the Holy Spirit was born that day. Not so. Not so. <laughs> we believe that the Holy Spirit is and was and always will be forever, forevermore and forever hence and forever since co-eternal with God the Creator. Co-eternal, immortal, and indivisible. And that it is that this is that God's presence became felt and understood in a new way. It always existed, but something new made us understand it. Jesus told us it was coming, and as we prepared and opened to it, there it was, and God was present to us in a new way. God is present to us always, and God is also always trying to manifest that presence to us in new ways so we can understand more fully who God is and how much God loves us and God is doing this as long as we live this earthly life. So today we have the privilege and the joy of receiving seven youth into membership here at Epworth. And in just a few minutes we'll join in a liturgy that touches on our ancient confession of belief. And we'll pledge our support as they say the vows of membership. And in this liturgy, we pledge five things. Do you know what they are? Well, okay. So as members of this congregation, we pledge our prayers, our gifts, our service, our witness, and our presence. Our presence. These last couple of days, the gift of presence has been made real to me in new ways. On Wednesday, I got the call that if I wanted to make sure to see my dad before he goes on to the church triumphant, I needed to come. And so there was no doubt in my mind that if I could have a few more hours to hug him, to talk with him, to just be with him, there was nothing that could stand in my way. And I'm so grateful that I did get that gift of presence, of, of hearing him share story, new stories, more stories, some old stories, the gift of thanking him for being a great dad. Put simply, it was the gift and the blessing of presence. And at the same time, I was assured as we sat together and sometimes just in quiet in each other's presence, I I was assured in many different ways on this eve of Pentecost that through the power of the Holy Spirit, we will always be in each other's presence. So we, as pastor and people, have been present to each other in unique and special ways in the past six years. It would be impossible for me to express the gift that this has been, but I'll keep trying to express it. And in these six years, uh, I know uh, there have been times for whatever reason that I have not been present to you in ways that you've needed. And for that, I ask your forgiveness. And if for any reason you feel that you haven't shown up for me in a way you wanted to or you thought that I needed, please know that I hold no grudge and I hold only love for each of you. Our presence with each other has given us a breadth of understanding and insight into who we are, our uniqueness, our ability sometimes to 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 say the right thing in the right moment, and sometimes our our penchant for, for not doing that. We know each other in our strength and our weakness. We know each other in our faith. We know each other in our hopes and our joys, in our sorrows and our longings. In the depth of this presence, there is mercy and forgiveness and grace. There's presence. What I do know is that the Holy Spirit has been showing up for us and with us, interceding, advocating, and reconciling each one of us and among us on our behalf. This is what we have been promised, and this is what we have come to know is true. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we have received and continue to enjoy the gift of presence. What makes a real-life teacher different from Alexa? Presence. What makes a member of a church? Presence. In what way does the Holy Spirit advocate for us, intercede for us, and reconcile us? Through presence. May the power and presence of the Holy Spirit that we celebrate on this day of Pentecost be with you now and forevermore. Indeed, we are assured of that presence. Amen. Amen. backslash connect Alleluia, have a great week hallelujah
2: hallelujah 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 baby i've been here before I've seen this room and I've walked the floor, used to live alone before I knew ya, but I've seen your flag on the marble arch, your love is not a victory march, it's a cold and it's a broken hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. Maybe there's a the god above, but all I've ever learned from love was how to shoot somebody who outdrew ya. It's not a cry that you hear at night, it's not someone that's seen the light, it's a cold and it's a broken hallelujah, 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 hallelujah.